Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to Probably Podcast. And this is a very exciting episode for me just because I feel like I have so much to say about it. And I get asked all the time about like influencing and how it means me how it means to be influencer um no i really do get asked all the time about like what the ins and outs of influencing is one of the favorite questions people love to ask me is like how much money do you make and we'll dive into plenty of money questions uh that one is ever changing so i'm gonna go ahead and let you know right now um I'm not going to give you guys my tax return and tell you exactly how much I made last year. But I feel like this is a really cool topic to kind of break down. And I've noticed recently um, a surge in influencers online being more upfront and honest about kind of like the back end of our work. And I think it's cool. So I want to be very raw and real with you guys. You know me, I don't hold back. So here we go. Influencing 101. Not really, because honestly... Um, I'm just going to give my personal experience on influencing. Now, if you are listening to this and you are a very successful influencer and you're laughing or rolling your eyes and are like, that's not fucking true. Listen, all influencers are different. Okay. So this might not be the case for everyone. Don't take the things I'm saying and be like, oh, that's perfect. That makes sense. That's why so-and-so does that. Might not be the same. This is my experience as being a world renowned, super famous, fabulous, extra, extra hot influencer. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to start from the beginning. Okay. Let's take it back. How did I get started in influencing? Now, a lot of you might be thinking, and honestly, the, the answer is definitely like very cavalier. gave me a platform, but I don't know. Um, maybe some OG also, it's been a while, but we're drinking on this episode. So cheers. Um, a lot of OGs may or may not know that followed me on Instagram forever ago that I got. So I was in college. I had this boyfriend that told me I was obsessed with social media. Okay, fair, whatever. Um, and he was like, there's no way you would ever delete your Instagram. And I was like, you know, obsessed with fitting in any box that a man put me in. And I was like, no, I would. I don't care about Instagram. I don't care about it at all. I'll delete it right now. I had, for whatever reason, do you guys remember when the explore page on Instagram was the popular page? It was a different thing. It was like, now your explore page shows you a bunch of different stuff curated for what you like, kind of like TikTok. But back then it was like the popular page. And so I got accidentally, for whatever reason, in the algorithm thrown onto the popular page a couple of times. I know because all these random people from all over the world were commenting like found you on the popular page found you on the popular page and I got I think like 8,000 followers okay maybe eight, ten thousand followers if that 
And, but like, that was a big deal. I was in like college and not doing anything or was not anyone. So it was just like, whoa. And that's when my boyfriend was like, yeah, you like are obsessed with Instagram. And I was like, whatever I am. So, but I deleted it. Right. Well, that was before the days where you could delete it and it was just deactivated and you could get it back. Like 30 days went by and yeah, I was like, I want my fucking Instagram back, but I couldn't get it back. So I had to start from scratch. So I just remember being like, oh, I fucking lost those 8,000 followers. But really soon after, and this was when I had moved. So basically I left college. As we all know, I did not graduate. Um, moved to Nashville. Was not any sort of influencer in Nashville. Um, dated a guy for, I actually remember this specifically with the timeline. Dated the guy that I thought was like the love of my life when I first moved to Nashville. Was literally so heartbroken. You can't even imagine. That's We'll save that for a different episode. Okay. Um, my first just like absolute, true, real, gut-wrenching heartbreak. And I will never forget, it was two days after he broke up with me. Two days. I get on, um, do you guys remember back when you could buy followers? I don't know if you still can. I think I think Instagram's done away with like buying bot robot followers, or maybe you still can, but I think everyone's like very aware nowadays. If you bought followers, it's very obvious. But back when it was like a new thing, me and a couple of my guy friends in town always thought it would be really funny to buy one of our like random guy friends who has no social media presence at all. We thought it'd be hilarious to buy them a couple thousand followers. I don't know, like what is like 30 bucks or something just to like get his reaction. Right. I don't know why we like talked about that at a bar one night. We're like, that'd be so funny. Like he would be like, he would wake up and be so confused. That'd be so funny. Obviously we never did it. Well, I woke up two days after a breakup. So like swollen eyes, whatever. I don't remember. I think I was going to work at the law firm that I worked at just devastated. And I get my phone. I was trying to use my Apple maps. I was going somewhere for my boss and I was trying to use my Apple maps on my phone. And my phone was literally freezing because I was getting so many Instagram notifications about new followers. And it was like, cool. But then I was like, okay, this is really frustrating. I can't even use my phone. It's freezing. And then it hit me. I was like, oh my God. My stupid fucking friends bought me followers. They're trying to be funny. Like, this is so stupid. So I text both of them in a group chat. I'm like, not funny. Can't use my phone. It's freezing. Stop buying me followers. And they were like, literally, what the fuck are you talking about? Also, the joke wouldn't be funny. We can't put the joke together to do it to someone else. What are you talking about? And I was like, why am I getting thousands of followers by the minute? And they're like, dude, we don't know. I didn't know. I couldn't figure it out. I had no idea. Right. I was just like on my Instagram, like, why am I getting these followers? And they were all, first of all, they were all old men, not old, but like, they were all like dudes. And I was like, what is going on? And then probably like two hours later, I get a text from one of my, a different guy friend who said, Whoa, I think I know why you're getting all these followers. And there was this website. It was called the chive. I don't know if it's still around regardless. It was like this, like male dominated, like sports and like titties and, and like funny videos of animals and like dirt bikes. It was like this kind of site that you like logged onto in your lunch break and like followed stories and read articles. And someone on that page had written this article that was like top 10 reasons why you should follow Shannon Ford. And I was like, what? And it was this whole article. I honestly still remember the guy's name. His name was Sebastian. And I don't know why, how he found me, why, but he wrote this whole article and linked my Instagram in every picture and was like, follow her, follow her. She's funny. She's something. I got a call from my mom that was like, you're on a pornographic website. And I was like, mom, I swear I'm not. And I didn't submit it. And also like, I'm getting a lot of followers. Relax, Sharon Kay. But okay. I got like 25,000 followers from that. So I wanted to say all of this to say my influencing career began after being on very cavalry. And I'll now dive into like the specifics of that and get in an agent, et cetera. But I was getting like random 
like weird little PR packages and stuff before I went on the show because like I would be like oh my gosh I love these sweatshirts like could you send me some and sometimes brands would be like fuck no bitch like you're nobody and sometimes you work at a law firm in Nashville and sometimes they'd be like yeah we'll send it to you just because I had that amount of followers so uh I would like to I don't know if this is like very self um praising but I did have a tiny bit of a following before I went on the show just saying so um I go on the show Obviously, this is important because a lot of people I know are listening to this are asking, like, how do you get started in influencing? I've been asked this question for five years now. I always say the same thing. I always bring up Anna Grace just because she's one of my best friends and she's the easiest person to to uh, compare this to. I went on a TV show, got instant overnight. Like, I think it was while the show was airing, which, as we know, is only allowed to be on one season. <laughs> I got kicked off. <laughs> and um, I'm not so salty. You are. Um, but, you know eight episodes, I would say every week, just from the episodes airing alone, I would probably get 30,000 followers every week. So after the season was done, so eight weeks, I probably had like 120, I don't know if that math isn't math and right, but I remember like towards the end of the season, I had like 120,000 followers or something like that. Someone is going to say my math is not mathing. I don't know how to explain it, but that was around the number I had when I stopped the season. I remember thinking when people would ask me like how do you get started I'm like I that's that's what I did like I gained overnight success and I had like a million people I shouldn't say overnight success I should say I gained overnight like notoriety and and a following um wasn't successful yet wasn't doing any ads and then all these people start DMing you so like if you go on The Bachelor if you go on any TV show and you get all these followers overnight right all these agents will as they should they start reaching out being like hey we'd love to represent you we'd love to represent you I remember having like like 10 to 20 in my inbox being like, who would I ever, who's who? And like, what's what? And like, how would I know who to pick? And like, do I let all of them call me? How do I know who to trust? Like who's who, whatever. Um, I'm going to bring it back to the comparison with Anna Grace, someone like Anna Grace, Anna Grace started her following, which is incredible, loyal, successful as fuck. She started her following from ground zero, right? Like literally from jump street, she just had to produce content, convince her followers to like her and to follow her and to trust her and to buy what she was buying. And I didn't really per se have to do that. I just garnered this following overnight. So that's a big difference. And so I, I feel like, and maybe we'll have Anna Grace on this podcast. I feel like I can speak sort of on how to become an influencer, but I can't really give you those, those founding steps because that would be, um, fake as fuck as me because like I didn't start from ground zero. Like she did. She grinded her way up from the bottom and is at, you know, a fantastically successful place because of her grind. So I can't really speak on that, but I will give you what I know to be consistent. And I, like I said, I got the followers overnight, but now you got to keep them. Now you got to grow them organically. Now you got to keep people trusting you because as we know, we see tons of girls from reality TV, get a bunch of followers and then lose them. And then, you know, they're back to their other jobs and maybe they wanted to be, but like, you know, influencing, you got to keep it up. You got to stay consistent and you got to organically, you know, gain your following. So I get this email. One of them I'll never forget was from, well, a lot of them was from this company, the same company, but a bunch of different agents. It was called central entertainment group, which is CEG. And this girl, it was, I remember it was the only girl that reached out to me. So maybe that's why I was just like, I want her, but there was this girl named Samantha 
She's still my agent to this day. And it was just like a cold email, like a cold call. Like I was just like, okay, I'll talk to you. Got on the phone with her. Don't know what it is. Can't explain it. Just like immediately trusted her. I did not talk to one other person. Maybe I should have at the time. Sure. But I would venture to say this has worked out pretty nicely for me. So I'm happy with my decision. But I answer her phone call. I don't know what we did at the time. Did we Zoom or something? That wasn't a thing. That's after COVID. I, I don't know how we conversated, but I saw her face. We talked, whatever. And yeah, I basically was like, I, yeah, I'd love to start working with you. What does that entail? And she's like, well, brands will come to me. So now let me break down like just the basics. And maybe you guys listening to this are like, everyone fucking knows this part, but maybe you don't. So she was like, and, and I was so green at the time. I was like, how would I get a deal? She's like, so companies come to me. So at this large company she was at CEG, she's like, we have all these contacts. We have brand deals already in place. We'll submit you as an option. We'll give them all your logistics and demographics because the way Instagram works, um, if you set yourself up as a creator or a business account, you have this button that you can click that says insights. And this is what these brands care about. This is what's important to this brand. The follower count, fuck off. Nobody cares. People ask me all the time, like, like what would you do? What do you want to do to get more followers? I, I don't care. I, I, I know a lot of influencers probably say that. Like, I don't care about my followers, but I dead ass do not care. I've been sitting under 400 for so long and it could mean shit less to me because companies do not look at your followers. They do not. What they look at is your engagement. They want to know, are people watching your stories? Are people swiping up? Are they clicking? Are they doing these things to engage with the content that you're putting out? Are they commenting? Are they liking your photos? Someone that has 500,000 followers, but gets 2000 likes on their photos, the math's not mathing. Okay. Like there's obviously people get shadow banned. Things happen that are weird. There's cases like that. I've had like photos flop, whatever, but like for the most part, if you're not like your follower count being super large, but your engagement being low, not a vibe, not a vibe for companies. New year, new wardrobe. However, all of y'all know I said I am trying to save shmoney in 2023. We are turning this into a finance podcast, remember? Okay, no, we're not. I'm kidding about that. But I am not kidding about an amazing shopping hack that I have for y'all. Fashion Pass. Now, Fashion Pass is amazing because it takes the commitment and the massive price tags off of amazing designer pieces. You're able to rent these gorgeous clothes and it's unlimited for a flat price. And they legit have the best brands. They got for Love and Lemons, Amanda Uprichard, Free People, Show Me Your Moo Moo, and tons more. But honestly, I'm just listing a few of my faves right there. You can swap out your items as many times a month as you want. So it feels like you're just consistently shopping and getting new clothes every week. But for literally a fraction, a sliver of the price, I am currently on the trendsetter plan. So I get to pick four clothing items in every order, or I could pick three clothing items and two accessories, which is usually what I tend to do because I'm just a gal that loves a funky, cool piece of jewelry or like a fun bag to make my outfit pop. I honestly, I just find myself wanting these really cool trendy pieces because as y'all know, because I've said it time and time again, I am the consumer. I will follow a trend baby, but then I'm just like over them in like a month or two, you know, because I'm human and that's how it works. So this just saves me so, so much money in that regard. And I don't want to gatekeep it from y'all. The shipping is super fast. They handle the cleaning for you. So no worries there. Just send it back in the pre-labeled bag they give you. And also if you do fall in love with the piece and you decide, Hey, this is more of a staple than a trendy piece. You can buy it from fashion pass and they give you mega discounts towards the purchase, like legit 30 to 70% off. And every month I get a $10 purchase discount that counts towards anything I buy. I have got a killer discount code for you guys as well. If you go to fashionpass.com and use code probably at checkout, you'll get $60 off your first month so that you can try it for literally $29. That's unlimited rentals for just $29 with the code probably. You're welcome.
another thing that's very important to them, age and gender. So statistically, who's buying products? Women. Women be buying shit. Me personally, I am the motherfucking consumer. So I get it. I am woman who buy things. Me. It me. So that makes sense. That checks out. Now we're talking age bracket. What age do they want to see? Because when you pull up your insights, it's going to tell you the amount of percentage of followers that's a female and the age group, the percentage of age groups. What is a sweet spot? So there's two ones. There's 18 to 24, which if you have a large percentage of that, that's probably good, especially like kids in college, what if they're buying stuff, right? But the sweetest, sweetest spot is 25 to 34. So that's my like massive percentage of my following is that, right? It has always been that. That's mine. These are the women that have paychecks that can afford to buy products. This is the, the percentage of women that are most likely to buy something that you're posting. It's just statistics. It's not what I personally think. That's just what we know based on the facts, right? So all these things come into play. Like I said, the followers, no one gives a fuck. Like they want to know what are your story views at? What are your percentage of women? What are your percentage of the age gap? Where are your followers at? If all my followers are based in Canada and this company specifically doesn't really like to ship to Canada because the shipping costs are way high, that's going to factor in too. They want predominantly all the companies that work want a large US following. That's what I have. So all these things come into play. And Samantha explains it to me that like a company will reach out, say they're interested in you, or she'll submit me to a company that's already working with people. And she'll say, you know, what about her? And send all my stats. And they'll say, yeah. And then this is the rate we can give her based on all of these statistics. So this is another question I get asked all the time. Like, what's your rate? What's, what's just, it changes all the time. And here's why that would really kind of like, that would be uh, counterproductive for me as a, as a creator and as an influencer. If I said my rate now, and then there are times, I mean, does it happen every day? No, but there are totally times where Samantha will be like, Hey, she'll send me an offer. And I'll be like, shit, shit, shit. That is way higher than my rate. And she was like, I know because like sometimes these brands just like decide they want to pay you that. So it would be counterproductive for me to say my rate on the interwebs for these companies to hear. And I mean, obviously they get my rates from Samantha. My, my agent is going to do the right thing and, and suggest a high rate for me. Right. She's going to try to get that money. That's what I love about Samantha. She's a fucking shark, man. She is always grinding. She's like literally the best agent ever. So she's going to do her job. Right. But there are one-offs where people like start the bidding high and I don't want them to be like, Oh, we heard that her rates only this. So we don't have to offer her higher. So that's why I think influencers get a lot of flack. They're like, tell us how much you make. Tell, I mean, first of all, I just feel like, yes, I'm happy to be honest and upfront about money and whatever. But at the end of the day, I still think like what you make a year is a very personal thing. Me and my close friends, especially me and my influencer friends that are like very close. And I wouldn't just like talk to any random influencer, but like all my close friends talking about Taylor, talking about Anna Grace, Summer, we we discuss our rates among each other to make sure we're still like on the same playing field. Like what were your views this week? We have these healthy, productive conversations, but I just like sometimes do get a little like, I don't want to say bothered, but like just confused at people thinking like, tell us how much you make a year, be upfront, be honest. I'm like, I'm not a doctor, which I would venture to say, if you walked up to a doctor in a hospital and asked what they made this year, they also probably wouldn't tell you. Like, it just does seem kind of personal. I, I, I don't know, whatever. So that's, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure there are influencers who drop their tax return and good for them. That's just like not, maybe it's how I was raised in the South. I just don't think that's very productive for me to do. So that is where I will Oh, I have a lot more to say about money, but like, that's why I don't answer that question, which I get asked all the time. And then people are like, tell me. And I'm like, no, it's fucking weird. Okay. So next question I got asked a lot taxes. So let me break this down. So my agent, I was with CEG for a long time. She just this past year, I think we're nearing our one year anniversary. Oh no, we already passed it. She went on her own. Yeah. Like around this time last year. 
she decided to leave CEG and start her own company. Love her. So proud of her. Yes, queen. Female-owned business. Let's fucking go. Samantha. Samantha Rose Group. She's incredible. And she's doing her thing. She's killing it. So now, so I'm just going to base it off of this. So my taxes and how I get paid. Samantha gets a percentage. She gets a cut, right? So a lot of people ask like, why do you have an agent? What does your agent do for you? And like, is it worth it to have an agent? Me personally, yes. Now I know influencers who say, I do not like having an agent. I'd rather have like my husband do my finances for me, my, my everything. Because when you have an agent, you have to give them a percentage, right? So she gets a percentage of the ads, right? So then I get the remaining percentage. It's, it's a, it's a great deal. Okay. No one, no one feels shafted in any way. So, but a lot of influencers will say like, oh no, I, I, they can't, they can't fathom giving up that percentage. Let me tell you why I happily give up the percentage to my agent. She grinds her ass off. She handles all the back end stuff, right? It, it's why I couldn't live without producer Courtney either, because like I cannot, I'm just not a, I'm not a back end girly pop. I'm not, I never will be like, I can't, those things, logistics don't always vibe in my brain. And, and I'm pretty sure they never will, but what she does is she goes and she gets the clients for me, right? I don't have to DM companies being like, hey, I'd love to work with you. Um, can, can we talk rate? I don't have to negotiate my rate with a client. A client being like, or a brand being like, no, we don't want to pay her this. I feel very uncomfortable being like, no, I want this. Whereas Samantha, she doesn't feel uncomfortable at all laying down the law about what I should get paid. Love her for that, right? She's like, she's like the bad cop and the good cop. It's great. I love that she grinds for me and she makes sure I get paid what I deserve. I also don't have to handle any of the money getting paid. If I worked a lot of questions about taxes and we'll get to that. But if I worked with all these companies individually without an agent, I would have, I don't know, 50 plus W-9s or 1099s that I would have to handle all of these things versus Samantha does all that, right? And then I get one is there 1099 or W9? I'm going to mess that up. You guys know I'm not financially smart. Um, that's why I hire an uh, accountant, but, um, I get one and it's from her, right? Because she handles all of the other companies, giving her all the contracted work. I get one W9 or 1099, whichever one it is from her. Which one is it? I think it's a 1099. Okay. Yes. Okay. So see, here we go. This was leading. This is a perfect lead in. I do not get my taxes taken out. Influencers do not get our taxes taken out. Let me tell you how that fucked with me when I was younger. Okay, picture this. 22-year-old Shannon just got off a TV show, starts influencing. I was like making literally no money. I was working at a law firm. I was working at like retail shops. I was doing whatever. We're at, like, as you know, and those are W-9s. I was getting my taxes taken out. Even when I worked for Kristen, you know, like I got my taxes taken out. When I worked for the TV show and we got paid per episode, our taxes were taken out. That is like really like actually like quite the luxury, I would say, just for someone who's not really good with like money. So 22 year old Shannon starts making money, right? Like I remember I told my parents like I, I remember I don't remember over the time frame that it was, but maybe like uh, let's just say at the time it was like maybe two to three months or I don't know how long it was. But I said the word 20,000. I was like, I made 20,000. My dad was like 2000, you mean? And I was like, no, two zero comma zero zero. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, let me tell you what 22 year old Shannon fucking did. She's been all her money, right? It's tax time. I call my mom. I'm like, this is so weird. I didn't get a tax return. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When you get your tax return, you're already like picturing what you're going to buy with your tax return. You're like, oh my God, I'm gonna do this with my tax return. I'm gonna do this. I was like, I didn't get a tax return. And she was like, honey, of course you didn't get a tax return. You don't have your taxes taken out. You're, you're 1099, baby. And I was like, 10 to what? What? And she's like, have you not been putting 30% aside? And I was like, who taught us these things? Nobody teaches us these things. I was like, 
no mom and she was like oh honey what, what do you have in your and we, I'm 22 my mom has access to my bank account at this time you know I, I she's like what have you put aside what, what do you have left in your bank account I was like nothing <laughs> I spent it all like I don't what do you mean what do I have left I literally spent it all and she was like okay that's a problem you owe your taxes and I was like well that's a problem I don't have the money you know we went back and forth with that for a bit before she's like I'm like what do I do she's like here's what you have to do you have to set up a payment plan with your taxes and the interest is going to be tough and it's not going to be good. And yeah, this is a problem. So I learned the motherfucking hard way, which as we know is my absolute favorite way to learn lessons in life. There is no other way Shannon Ford learns things, but the motherfucking hard way. Okay. She just is, is dead set on doing that. We just love learning things the hard way. So yeah, that was brutal. And so from that point forward, I had to realize, and I think if you're like a real estate agent, there's, there's plenty of other jobs, not just influencing. I, I think there's a lot of other jobs in life where you, you just know someone tells you, I'm telling you, if you are 1099, put fucking 30, and you live in the United States of America, put 30% aside because that's what you owe in taxes. So anyways, just fucking bananas. That was really shocking to me. And this is again, why I think that why the fuck aren't we teaching this to high schoolers and college, anything? Why aren't we learning these things or teaching our kids these things? Cause I was just flabbergasted. Okay. So that's how my taxes work. Okay. How I get paid. I do not personally get the money. As you just heard, I get 1099 from Samantha, Samantha Rose Group, SRG. I do not personally get the money from the people. So these ads will be 30, 60, sometimes rarely, but sometimes 90 day payouts. So from the moment I do the ad, if I do that ad on a Tuesday, from 30 days from that Tuesday, I will get paid. Samantha will get paid. And then, then 60 days, if it's 60 days, 90 days, if it's 90 days, you guys get it, right? And then she gets paid and then she pays me after she takes her percentage out, right? She has like a system that she does for payroll. I don't know. It's I get paid like every Tuesday, basically. It, that's that's nice because that's pretty standard. And, and back in the day, I used to just get paid really randomly and chaotically. And now it's a bit bit more structured, which I like. So I get paid every Tuesday, but it is always different. You know what I mean? Like sometimes if I've done a lot of ad, and I can always tell because like if I get paid not jack shit one week, I'm like I like do the math in my head. I'm like, what was I doing 30 days ago? And then I'm like, oh fuck, I was in London and didn't do anything for a week. Damn it! Like I I can remember the times. I'm like, where was I? Why was I paid so little this week? And I'm like, oh because I told Samantha I needed time off to do X Y Z. Right? Like like I wasn't doing ads, I wasn't getting paid. But you don't remember that until 30 to 60 days later when you get your paycheck. And you're like, that's lower than usual. What's up with that? So that's how I get paid, right? So now let's talk about buying things. Let's talk about if I want to go buy a car, I have done that. Okay. Everyone thinks I'm a stripper or a drug dealer. I swear. Okay. I should rephrase that five years ago. If you would try to explain to someone. So I went to this like mom and pop car shop in Nashville. I was buying a BMW X5, big fucking deal. I had always had a Chevy Equinox. If you watch Fairy Cavalier, you watch that fucking raggedy ass thing, drive around hitting every curve that it could hit in Nashville. Chevy Equinox, I honestly loved her. She was a fucking great car. If you drive a Chevy Equinox, when I see them down the road, I'm like, respect. I love that car. But I was upgrading. I was making money and I wanted to get a BMW X5. I'm like, fabulous yes so I go to this like it wasn't like I went to BMW I went to like J&T's auto sales or something like that right and I don't understand anything so who do I bring with me thank god Mike and I might call my parents one of my parents say you don't need to buy a car you couldn't save enough for taxes last year facts right obviously true but I was like that's fucking stupid I'm buying a BMW okay I need to look fabulous skirt skirt so I beg Mike to go with me so Taylor and Mike and I go and he's trying to explain to me like you need to put this down you need to like put this down on a car payment and then your car payment will be this and you'll do this oh 
no need, Mike, because when I got there, they basically like laughed in my face. They're like, no bank is going to approve you. And I'm like showing my bank statements. I'm like, no, but like, look, here's all the money. And they're like, how'd you get that money? And I'm like, because I work like, uh, so I, so a brand sends me a product and I talk about it on Instagram. They're like, on what? I'm like, okay, never mind. JT, you don't get it. Like, like it's hard to convince someone, especially at this like mom and pop shop. And especially five years ago, people were just confused. And here's the thing about influencing for me as a consistent. Yes. Right now. Yes. But it is a fair play to these banks, to these like, uh, loan offices, et cetera to say that influencing is not a consistent career. Like they do not, they cannot believe that we would make this amount and it's continuous. Here's another issue. Like I just said, it's all over the map. Sometimes I make this amount. Sometimes I make way lower. Sometimes I make a large amount a month. And sometimes I didn't work 30 days ago, so I don't make a lot. So they're looking at my direct deposits and they're like, what the, we don't even know what we're looking at. we We are seeing the sum, which yes, is a good sum in your bank, but like, how is this consistent? And what banks want is consistency. What someone who is about to loan you $100,000 or if you're buying a house, you know, however many hundred thousands of dollars, they want to know that you are consistently making this money and you are consistently going to make your payments. And you cannot, as an influencer, especially not one that just started out, you can't really prove that, right? So what did I have to do? And what do I still have to fucking do? Basically, buy shit in cash. Like I have to buy everything upfront. No one will give me really a loan for anything. Not to mention after I let my student loans default, that's another thing. If we're talking finances here, influencing aside, if you have student loans, I don't care if you pay fucking $5 a month, pay consistently your student loans. My dumb ass let them default. Cause I was like, whatever, maybe we'll have a president one day that lets us just get, you know, debt free. That is happening right now with Biden, but like not for everyone per se. So it was wishful thinking, Shannon, but you know, didn't happen. And so I let them default and yeah, it just like, don't do that. Cause it fucks your credit. So at the time my credit wasn't good. I've definitely gotten my credit up way, way more. It's like this sick obsession I have with trying to make my credit score good. So that's helpful. But for the most part, like I'll, I'll be very transparent and honest. I'm also like, I don't know if it's talking about math or money, but I'm sweating my dick off in this sweater. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm really hot. It's probably because I'm talking about math and I'm just sweating. Um, so um, I'll be very transparent with you guys. When I bought my boat two years ago and I've been influencing for a while, I had I had money to show and proof of consistency. So I thought they still, the, the bank said no. They're like, no, I had no debt. I had nothing. I'd always bought everything in full. There was nothing tying me to any debt in my whole life. And I still like not even a single credit card wasn't paid off. And they still were like, we know we cannot trust that you will continue to make this money. So my parents had to co-sign for me. Now that's silly because like I could clearly pay the boat off, but what did my mom say? I was like, I'll just buy it in full. Like I always do. I'll just buy everything in full. And my mom told me, and you guys told you I'm obsessed with trying to make my credit good. She was like, no, it's good to have, it's good to have a, um, a payment on something. It's nice to have like a car. You don't have a car payment, Shannon. You don't have a mortgage right now. Cause you rent. Like it's good to show the bank that you can consistently pay something every month. So get a boat credit, a, a a boat credit get a, a payment plan for your boat I'm like okay and she's right it has helped my credit a lot so I'm not telling you if you want your credit to go up to buy a boat I think that's very counterproductive but that for me personally is what's been helping my credit buying a boat like I, this is not a fucking finance podcast I'm just being real and honest with you guys about my situation because people say I don't talk about money and I'm happy to talk about money so yeah so that's difficult for me and difficult for I'm sure a lot of influencers now here's great for a lot of influencers a lot of influencers have husbands who are not influencers right and so in that case yeah, you, you have a dual income, you have a dual household that shows that they have a job as a contractor, a doctor, a lawyer, 
uh, working at McDonald's is consistent. Like you, you have someone in your life that's signed to you in a marriage that has a normal quote unquote normal job. That's great for them. Me personally, as a sole proprietor and sole income, it's not great that I can't show consistent like work like that. Okay. So let's get away from math because I'm literally fucking sweating. It me, your favorite grocery store hater. I am simply just not trying to be in a crowded grocery store and inevitably buying loads and loads of food that I don't need and will end up using. So I've been using Factor to get fresh, never frozen, ready to eat meals delivered right to my door. I mean, legit in like less than two minutes, y'all, they're heated up and ready to devour. And here's the thing. Honestly, no matter what your lifestyle is, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. They've got keto. They got calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and for bulking season, baby, Factor also has protein plus meals on the menu each week. And you'll already know those are James' favorites, obviously. These meals are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long because you're actually eating good, clean, healthy food. But it's just so much more convenient. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout from restaurants, which I'm trying to stay away from this year, it's restaurant quality. One of my favorite things about Factor's chef-prepared meals is that they actually show you who the chef is that made the meal. Like there's a little photo and bio about them on the packaging. It's so cool to me. And it makes you feel like the chef just came to your house to make this. They've also got great add-ons and snacks like quick bites, smoothies, juices, and a ton more that you can add. You can also add protein to a vegan or veggie dish. If you're trying to switch it up, the options are honestly endless. Factor is just making it so easy to eat in and eat clean for less. And you already know that I hooked it up with a discount for y'all. Get America's number one ready to eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well and living your best year ever. Head to factor75.com slash probably 60 and use code probably 60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code probably 60 at factor75.com slash probably 60 to get 60% off your first box. You're welcome. People wondered if I ever got tired of free stuff. No. And I say this all the time. Wow. I never get tired of getting shit for free, but I do sometimes. So I, so I'm on a PR list of some sort. I don't know how I got on it. Um, I don't know who submitted me. I appreciate it. Cause like nine times out of 10, I like what I get, but you know, there's always going to be the case where you get a giant box and producer Courtney's seen them in my house or just everywhere. Like you get boxes of stuff that you don't need, don't want. You're like, why am I still on this PR box on this PR list? Like, I don't need this. I personally, I give all mine away, like to friends and family, like you're welcome. That's a really nice thing I do. But I, I know a lot of other influencers do great things like make um, piles of their PR packages and then they do giveaways with them. So this is going to parlay nicely into giveaways. So some people ask this question nicely. Some people rude. It's, it's, uh, people were asking about influencers that do giveaways. I personally do not do that many giveaways. I have done them before. I have no problem with them. I did not I don't really like people that talk shit about giveaways because here's the thing it's a job and people are doing these giveaways so if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about there are influencers and myself included have like I said I've done them before who will um give away a product and there this is another reason I'm a little scared of them because in Instagram I don't know the specifics behind it but Instagram was really starting to crack down on like I just remember this one instance and maybe you guys remember what I'm talking about because it was like pretty like buzzworthy in the news but like a bunch of influencers <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to laugh. A bunch of influencers got together to give away a car and like got in trouble for some reason. Like there was something to do with like they bought the car, they gave it away. And like, I don't remember the specifics. You guys will have to look up, look up the article. But like these girls got their Instagrams taken down. I think they got them back. But like 
if I got my Instagram taken down, like that's my whole livelihood, you know? And I get like shadow banned all the time and Instagram will like submit me warnings. Cause like I post a picture with my friends being like, yes, bitch. And they're like bullying. And then I'm like, no, Instagram, your robots misread that. I was just calling my friend like, yes, bitch. Yes, queen. Anyways, it's just a scary thought to get your Instagram taken away when you're an influencer and it's your only way to make money. But giveaways, um, are when influencers will get a product or maybe they'll get literal cash or maybe they'll get um a gucci bag and they will partner with other influencers and then those let's just i'll put a number to it these three girls are going to give away an item or a cash prize and the rules of the giveaway are that you have to follow them like a photo maybe comment on their photo etc and then you're entered to win the giveaway and then they usually do like a random name generator that's what i've done in the past and then the random person wins the bag the gucci bag the the belt the product the peloton bike or sometimes literally just a fucking thousand dollars and so those are very popular and the reason they're popular is because it's a really good way and i do say this if you're starting out as influencing giveaways are a really great way to gain a following and and it, it's really important to get a following in the beginning but i'll tell you something that giveaways can't like always confirm they can't confirm a consistent following that will stay with you so if i do a giveaway and i've done plenty before then i will usually let's say i gain ten thousand followers that's like super great right i got ten thousand followers from the giveaway once that giveaway is over and betty sue and the ten thousand other people that didn't win the peloton bike realize they didn't win the peloton bike boom, they unfollow you. Now, what you can do is after you do a giveaway, try to really, really do great content and make sure you're putting out good stuff. And then a lot of the times people will be like, huh, I just followed this bitch for the giveaway, but like, I kind of think she's funny or I kind of like her stuff or I kind of like the clothes she's posting. That's like 10 out of 10, great job giveaway successful. But that just doesn't happen enough for me to do it. And I used to like do these things a lot, but it's not really my, it's not really my MO. And I, I find myself I'll tell you about an instance one time or recently, I haven't done a giveaway in probably over a year or so, but recently I had um, so a, a group of influencers reach out to me. This girl asked me to be do a giveaway. I was like, oh, I haven't done one of these in forever. I think it was like each person had to give $600 towards the pot, right? Or maybe they needed me to buy like a Dyson air wrap for the pot, for the giveaway pot. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. But if you think about it and if you break it down, and this is what I don't like, but this is true. When people word it, like people buy followers, like, no, we're not buying followers, but technically if you're doing a giveaway, you are purchasing an item, giving it away to people to ask them to follow you. So in a roundabout way, are you buying followers? Yeah. But like, it's the name of the game, shoddy. Like it helps a lot of people. And I know a lot of people who've done giveaways who have like a million something followers now who are getting huge collaborations with companies making a lot of money so good for fucking them whichever way you get to the top get to the top I'm not I don't throw shade at anyone that does that I don't do it personally but that doesn't mean that I don't respect it for people for people who do a lot of people do engagement giveaways because like I told you guys the way that companies look at us to pay us a rate is based on like, does she get good engagement on her photos? Does she get good story views? So a lot of people will say, I'm doing my weekly engagement giveaway, a thousand dollars or, you know, $200 gift card guys, just go comment and like these last three photos of mine. That's a really great way to have consistent engagement. Like these girls are probably the influencers that are making these like massive amounts of money weekly and monthly because they are fucking grinding for it. So like, that's why I just like, will never hate on someone doing that kind of stuff because yes, you can do giveaways, but you do have to organically gain your following too. The people that you see that are doing these giveaways every week, they're not, that's not the only way they're staying consistent. People also enjoy following them, organically keep following them, etc. So I don't want anyone to ever throw shade at giveaways. It is what it is. I personally don't do that many. I personally, um, 
don't want to get in trouble with Instagram because I don't know the logistics behind it all. I know you have to like put these disclaimers like this giveaway is not associated with Instagram rights of Facebook meta, blah, blah, blah. And that just stresses me out because I don't want to lose my Instagram account. But I got asked to do a giveaway recently. I know, it was like a month ago. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I haven't done one in a while. It was with like a bunch of girls that lived in Nashville, some girls that lived in Dallas. I was like, this is fun. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll buy the Dyson or put the $600 in. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm pretty close to 400,000. These are like real thoughts going around. I'm like, yeah, kind of, that'd be nice to get 400,000. Me, doesn't care about my following, but you know, when you start getting close to a big number, you're like, that'd be fun to hit. So I was like, sure. I just like never heard back from her. She was like, okay, perfect. And then I just like never heard back. And then I went to go follow up. And then I just saw that they like picked someone else to do the giveaway that wasn't me, then that wasn't previously listed. And I was just like, you just like put a sour taste in my mouth. I was like, okay, well, that's fucking rude. <laughs> like, all right, I was going to do your giveaway, but never mind. You could have just email. You could have just like messaged me and been like, hey, girl, sorry, we ended up, we asked someone else. Do you hope you don't mind? I'll keep you in mind for the next giveaway. So like in that instance, sometimes that kind of stuff puts a sour taste in my mouth, but there's also probably like a very good reason, very normal reason that that didn't happen and didn't follow through. But stuff like that just makes you be like, you know what? This is why I don't do fucking giveaways anyways. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of like where my head goes sometimes. I'm like, you know what? And never mind. Um, okay, sip of wine and the back of my neck is literally sweating. I think I'm gonna have dreadlocks underneath my head by the end of this podcast, just like matted hair. A lot of questions about people asking me um, if I ever turn down ads. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I turn down ads for sure. It's I say yes to a lot of stuff. And I know you guys know this my, my kind of like, I don't know if you should call it shtick or my decision early on in influencing was to like be very upfront and honest. Well, I'm pretty upfront and honest with all, all aspects of my life. But like, my decision with influencing because now it's a lot more common to just straight up talk like I said a lot of girls in influencing they're being more open about it they're talking about the back end of things like I'm doing right now etc etc but back in the day try to go back to influencing five years ago and you don't have to be an influencer to remember this but do you remember when you would follow influencers and everything would and, and some girls still do this and sometimes it's it is organic but there was a time in influencing where you had to try to make every ad look so organic and so uh, stumbled upon it was back before the FTC which um I forget what that acronym stands for but it's basically like the rules of Instagram that if you're gonna promote Kim Kardashian got sued for it it's like if you're gonna put an ad for a company you have to put hashtag ad you have to put hashtag Tula partner you have to put hashtag you know boiled egg company partner you have to say you're partnering with someone this is an ad so back in the day before that was a thing um these girls would be like you would almost do like two slides beforehand you'd be like this glass of wine is so yummy so good I love drinking this wine oh by the way now that I'm talking about it and you would like go into the ad right it, it was something that was like almost every influencer did it because we did not want people to feel like we were selling them something like I was honestly I fucking crushed it at that I was like really organic people would be like my friends would be like I couldn't tell if this was an ad and then after you put your code I was like oh that was a fucking ad I was really listening and I was like boom got them now that's not a really popular style of doing things unless people actually genuinely are just organically talking about a product which totally happens that's not a super common thing to do because I everyone figured us out you know what I mean they're like these fucking influencers acting like they just picked up this product to talk now these ad companies are like yeah you need to say you're partnering with us you need to put hashtag ad we're okay with you saying this was sent to me and now I want to tell you about it plus I have money off on the product and that's nicer because one I don't have to work so hard to like fake like I stumbled upon this cheese grater that I'm trying to sell you and two like it's just more real and authentic so I like where we've gone to in, in that realm I like that more but um back in the day I used to say yes to literally almost everything just because I really really wanted money now I say no to some stuff but for the most part if I don't think a company I had a company reach out to me god what if I do an ad for them like later on okay just know that if I ever get so desperate 
know that I'm desperate if I end up doing an ad for this company. There was a company and it was like sleep stories. It was like, I can't wait to see producer Courtney's reaction. It was, um, and no shade against this company. Maybe I'm giving them a free ad right now. I'll give it to you. Um, I don't remember the ad, the company's name. There was a company. This is just an example of something I was like, I, I personally, I can't say yes to this. It was a company that, um, did sleep stories. Like, you know, those stories that you listen to and it's like a very like soothing tone to voice and it's supposed to kind of put you to sleep. It's like stories about nothing. There's really not a beginning, a middle or an end. And it's supposed to just be this like lull to sleep. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anna Grace used to listen to them all the time. I would personally be the fucking worst person for that job because nobody would ever be able to fall asleep if they were listening to my voice. So, um, it was that except the twist was, and I would have totally done an ad for those. The twist was, these were sex stories that specifically were like sensual, mundane stories that were supposed to lull you to sleep while also inciting wet dreams. Like they were meant to, they were meant to provoke sexual dreams. So you would have like, yeah, like wet dreams, but they were like, it was a sleep app, but sensual. And I thought to myself, I'm pretty sure I could sell a fucking ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. But I don't know if I can sell this shit. Like, I don't know if I could seriously talk about this. I don't, I would never be able to take it seriously. Like, watch, listening to a story where someone's, like, trying to essentially lull me to sleep so that I hope I have a sex dream. Like, I just, I couldn't get behind it. So, like, yeah, that's, that's something personally for me that I was like, I'm going to have to say no. And it was a big payday. But I was like, my followers will literally just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah, I say no to shit all the time. Not all the time, but whenever it does make sense. Um, has a brand ever been mean to me or to my agent? Yeah, they have. And I actually told my agent who was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, no, no, no. I see the emails. They're fucking rude to you. They are mean. I don't know. Like let's, it was a phone case company. And I was like, there's a thousand phone case companies we can work with. Let's work with the new one. And she was like, no, it's okay. I don't care. They're not mean to you. They're just mean to me. I was like, no, no one gets to fucking be mean to my agent. You're, you're, fantastic. You're a wonderful person. Switch. And she was like, okay. she didn't say that. She was like, listen, we can handle this progressively. And I'm like, okay, okay. Productively. She said, whatever. I just, I don't really fuck with anyone being mean to me or it's just like, it's just so easy to be nice. So like, yeah, brands sometimes aren't great to work with. Um, a lot of people asking, um, what happens if I don't post an ad on time? What happens if I mess something up? Listen, if you post the wrong code, like if my code's Shannon F and I post my code's Shannon 10, I'm going to have to redo that. That has happened plenty of times before where I have to take the whole ad down, repost it. Then the ad doesn't get as many swipe ups or views because at the end of the day, no one's going to watch that shit twice. So you have to do like a make good on that and you have to like redo it. Now, if a, if a company says you have to post it in a certain day, I have a schedule with my agent and I have like a, you know, just like anyone else with a job, like a Google Docs, calendar, all that stuff that tells me when, how, what. And my agent is literally the most amazing person ever. And she'll text me like, hey, don't forget, 4 p.m. And I'm like, oh, thank God, I would have totally forgotten. Thank you. So that's lucky for me to have someone so great on my side. Um, people wondered if I get paid for every time or if influencers get paid commission. Like every time someone swipes up and buys an item, do I get paid? That is rare. Let me tell you companies that do that. Revolve works on commission. So Revolve does something for its um, ambassadors, they call it. And you could sign up to be a Revolve ambassador. You don't have to like have a million followers on Instagram. They have an ambassador program that you can sign up for, right? And if you get approved to be an ambassador on their program, and like I said, you do not have to have 50,000 followers. I know plenty of people who don't have that many and, and are ambassadors for them. If they see that you're selling a lot of their products, right, which they have a commission program. So you get commission for when you sell your products. And if they see you're selling enough, they then reach out and say, we'd love to add you to our gifting. And they give us a, a, a money amount per month. 
everyone's different, right? There's tiers, you know. I'm sure Olivia Coppola's getting a lot fucking more than me. She probably doesn't even work with Revolve. I have no idea. But, like, big hitters, right, they're getting a lot more. And so, um, yeah, you'll get gifted this amount, and then we would, like, the concept is that then you would post about the clothes that you were gifted and then you can also make commission. It's nice. It's a nice process because yeah, it, very rarely will a company give you commission. The way I make money is that with all my other companies that I work with is that they give you a flat rate. What is your rate? Which I feel like a lot of you guys know that. Um, a, a lot of my questions were, what is your rate? So you guys know we have a flat rate and like, that's how we get paid. I have asked because like I said, could sell fucking ketchup to a woman wearing white gloves. I, ketchup popsicle I don't know where I heard that phrase that's definitely some fucking south kakalaki ass phrase so um I have asked before like because I've gotten so many DMs before that are like I bought this I bought this I bought this and I'm like hey Samantha like can I start can companies start paying me commission she's like I'll ask uh, they're always like no because here's the thing as influencers we are making these companies so much fucking money versus like what our rate is like I, I know that to be true and I'm not talking out of my ass I know what we make these companies versus what they pay and am I still happily gonna still take my rate yes every time and twice on Sunday but I know the reason they don't pay us commission is because we do sell a lot so like they would not it wouldn't make sense for them to give us commission another person that gives us commission QVC they do commission who else did I write down oh like it to know it if you guys follow someone and like it to know it they are getting paid commission those aren't usually like flat rates unless they're partnering with the company most of the time a like it to know it a swipe up for a sweater is going to get you commission but these brands that I work with like a vitamin company or something that's almost always going to be a flat rate um I hope you guys are thinking this is interesting I genuinely don't fucking know but all these questions I thought were good questions let's go back to the make good part so someone said do you have to hit a certain quota like does a company make sure that you have a certain amount of swipe ups or views on a story or do not get paid and this is something I don't see it that much anymore I used to get this all the time there was this like period this interim period where all these companies were like by the way there was like a clause in our um, contract or whatever that would come over and in our brief and it would be like if you do not hit 50,000 views you owe us two more stories if you do not hit 75,000 views then you owe us what like there was always a stipulation and I started getting really bothered by this because here's the thing a lot of these companies were also saying, if you don't sell this amount of our product, you, you have to post again for us. I, I had an issue with that because I did my job, right? They send us a brief. They send us exactly like they send us talking points. It's almost always, it's like a, I'll use a fancy marketing word, a deck. Okay. My sister taught me that it's always like a deck, right? And it's like a, a basically a slideshow of the product. It, it breaks down the company, tells you about the founders, tells you about their mission statement, tells you all about them. I take that part seriously. I literally sit there and like read them and study them, get acclimated with the product, use the product. I feel very passionate about that. So like, that's why I think my ads come across good because I'm, I'm not just like bullshitting. So in all that, we see all of it. We do it all. I hit all my talking points. I hit all the bullet points you need me to hit. I did everything that you asked me to do. So I did my job. So if you didn't sell $10,000 worth of your toothbrush, that ain't my problem, Skip. That ain't my fucking problem. Like that's on your toothbrush, dude. Like I did my job. I did, I did actually exactly what you asked me to do based on the rate we agreed upon, based on my views, my everything. So this doesn't really feel like a me thing. And I told my agent that. I mean, Taylor had a problem with it too. And, she, and Samantha's like, there's only so much I can do. Some companies say this. And so we, we gave a lot of pushback on that because I just don't see that to be right. Like I just, I know I'm not giving half ass ads. I know myself, I'm not. So if you didn't sell this certain quota, like, I don't know, that's not really, you should, you should re-strategize with your company, maybe come up with new talking points, maybe revamp your product. I don't fucking know, but that's not really my, my problem. And that sounds pretty harsh, but like, 
that's just like didn't really make sense to me. I'd love to hear you guys feedback. Maybe someone works for a company that requires quotas to be hit for influencers. But yeah, I just feel like if you had agreed upon a rate or, you know, stipulations and, and we met our our end, then like, why do you not meet your end? I, I never really understood that. But that does happen with some companies, but I tend to give pushback on that. Um, do I have to post PR boxes that I get? No, I don't have to post them. That is like a nice thing to do. If companies in a PR box, like they're hoping that you post for them, right? If you're on a PR list, like they're basically just sending so much product out and hoping that influencers like their product and post about it. Someone also asked if I have to claim PR boxes, all the free gifts we get on our taxes. No, we definitely don't. Um, I really hope I didn't just like in, in what word am I looking for? incriminate myself. I really hope I didn't just incriminate myself, but I'm almost positive. We don't have to like claim the, you know, face mask we get in the mail now but um yeah so no we don't have to pay for the pr boxes nor do we like have to post it's just a really nice thing to do um i will give this bit of advice for someone who's looking to get into influencing because i do have some things i could say people were like should i reach out to companies for just free product first and then ask to get paid yes great to ever ask that question and, and suggest that yes that is a great way to get your foot in the door with companies to show companies that you have made progress with them etc cetera, etc cetera. here's a good way to do that you ask a company to work with you to send you free stuff right I still do that if I love a company I'll reach out and be like I would love to like work collab with you aka I would love to get free shit we're not going to actually like do a paid deal yet in that case I would send it over to my agent and so they'll send me product. A good way if you're just starting out is to somehow be able to track how much of that product you're selling, right? So maybe link it on like it to know it or another sort of affiliate website. And then you go, maybe you get more product from that company. You do it one more time. And the third time you say, Hey, I pulled all these stats. Here's what last time I posted you. And then, you know, do your, do your analytics on your Instagram and say, last time I posted you 10,000 people viewed the story, 20,000 people swiped up. However, whatever the statistics are, have them all written out. Then say, furthermore, I looked at how many people bought the product after I posted it. Maybe it's impressive, right? Then you say to them, I would love to talk about moving forward. Like maybe we could talk about like a paid collaboration. I would really like, maybe you can, if you have an agent or if you don't have an agent, because it doesn't really, people are like, when should you get an agent? I'm like, whenever it makes sense for you. I didn't know how any of it works. So I got it pretty early on, but like, you know, and let me tell you, micro influencers or whatever like word they're giving them these days, those girls make so much fucking money because you do not have to have a massive following for people to organically want to swipe up and buy what you're buying. So don't ever get intimidated by a follower number. Um, you can always influence. You don't have to have like a massive amount of followers. So you just have to have a good following of people that actually trust you and, you know, want to listen to you and buy your shit. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great way to start getting free product. But if you're only getting free product, obviously you're not and then getting paid. So it's a great way to get your foot in the door though. Um, because I'm so bad at notes, I'm basically just going to go through a random, uh, points that I forgot to make. One of the questions that I, I don't know if I finished the story. I think it's one of those classic times with Shannon where I started a story and didn't finish it. But, um, one of the questions was, um, I was talking about my approach to like influencing and from the very beginning i was very upfront and honest like oh it, it, this is what it was oh my god classic me didn't finish the story you know how i was saying influencers would so organically be like oh my god i've stumbled upon this gift i always from the beginning because one of the first things i got after being on the tv show was oh i used to love following you but now all you post is ads now all you post is ads fair i started immediately just posting ad 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 because i was like money 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 i've never made money before in my life like this this is so cool and so I was very honest. Like I would, I would screenshot it. I would post it. I would be like, I am always going to post ads. Like this is my job now. Like this is how I'm making money. Like this is how I continue to do fun things that you guys like following along with. Like I will always post ads. And that was just like, 
helpful to me because I didn't put on this facade like, you guys, it's not about money for me. I just genuinely want to tell you what products from Target I love. Eh, no, I never said that. I never, that was never my shtick. I never was like, I'm just here to show you guys a lot of influencers. I, I know influencers that buy Chanel bags and like go on fancy vacations, drive nice cars, and they literally have to hide it because they've made their entire brand this bargain hunting babe. And they're like, yeah, it's not really on brand for me to like be so flashy. So even though I'm like really love buying Chanel and going to Turks and Caicos and whipping around on a PJ, they're like, I can't really post that. And I'm like, that is so sad. I love that my followers have watched me go from nothing to having things and like they're rooting for me the whole time. So like it's hard. It, a lot of influencers have pigeonholed themselves. And I think the if I could give any advice on influencing, it is absolutely the vibe to be completely straightforward and honest. And you could say like, I'm obsessed with finding you deals at TJ Maxx and Target, but like I'm doing all this so that one day I can buy my dream bag, which is not from TJ Maxx or Target, it's from fucking Chanel, okay? That's what I want. Like you don't have to put yourself in some box, right? You can be more than one thing. Two things can exist at one fucking time. 27 things can exist at one time, right? So I'm glad that I did that because I think back to that and and everyone's always, y'all always message me, especially with like the podcast too. Y'all always like, get that bag, sis, get that bag, sis. Because I tell you guys how important it is for me to get that back. So that's a, a tidbit of advice that I would have for anyone. Just be very honest, straight up from the beginning. Um, also, I had someone ask about saving for retirement. Okay, so this is something I've talked about on my podcast, other people's podcast, and my Instagram at length. How like I've never saved for retirement. It's not my thing. It's not how I was raised. Like my parents kind of like, I don't want to say I grew up with them living paycheck to paycheck, but like essentially if like one of us broke an arm, they'd be like, how are we going to pay for this? <laughs> like, I remember not wanting to get hurt because my parents were like, both my parents own their own businesses. My mom's travel agent. My dad worked for a million different things in his life, but they always like had their own businesses. Right. And I, yeah, they didn't have, they were like me, which is helpful at times and not helpful at times, but like, I have always grown up knowing that like my parents have to pay for our health insurance. I've never had we, my parents have never had a company health insurance kind of situation. Like if you're a teacher, a doctor, if you have any government job or any just like most corporate nine to five people, you know, your company is going to offer you a 401k, a retirement plan. They're going to offer you health care. They're going to offer you all these perks that are nice. Right. And we don't have those. We have to find our own health care. We have to like no influencer that I know of has health care attached to their agency. So, you know, that's something we had to figure out. And I would say I used to always be like, I'm not saving for retirement because I will say, and I still carry this with me. My parents have always lived their life truly like to the fullest. Like, did I grow up with a lot of money? No. Remember how I tell you guys, I didn't know we were broke because my parents just like made our lives so fun. Like we went on fun vacations. Like we did fun things. I didn't really ever like want, I mean, did kids in my school always have more shit than me? Like my friend group, they always got like the brand new Abercrombie shirt. And my mom would be like, bitch, you know where to go the sale rack. And I'm like, damn it. So mine were always like a couple seasons before, which like, who cares? Right. That doesn't matter. I appreciate the mom was still letting me go to Abercrombie, but I just like, I just lived my whole life with my parents, like not living with this stack of money in their savings. Like that just like, wasn't how my parents, that's not what my parents do. And so that's just like not innately how I felt the need to do. And then I also, I've never had a corporate or nine to five job. So like, I've never been offered like, Hey, my friends that are teachers talk about their 401k and that their companies match what they put in. And I'm like, what a treat. How cool. Like that's a really cool thing that you could put money into an account and your company will match what you put in. Like that's really neat. And I, I just don't, you know, I'm not complaining, but that's just not something that I've ever 
when you have these things offered to you from a company, it makes you initially just, of course, want to dive in and you're like, what is a 401k? Should I look into this? You ask your parents, what is this? What is retirement? How should I save for this? What should I do for my health insurance? I've never asked these questions because these things never came about. And recently, as we know, 2023 is the year where we're trying to save money. This is a finance podcast now. And I have started to not, while I'm not like putting aside for retirement, I'm still just like not I don't have like a pot for retirement. I am realizing that I want my money to work for me and I want longevity in my money. So I am, you know, enlisting help with investing. And thus, when you invest, you can't really like touch the funds. So therefore, yes, saving for retirement. Y'all know my bitch ass probably ain't never going to retire because I'll just be like too fucking bored. Honestly, my parents have both tried to not retire, but like stop working twice. And they both went right fucking back. They're like, no, we're bored. And my grandparents are the same thing. My, my grandma is still a nurse. I'm not going to say her age on here. Patty Shannon would not like that, but like my grandma's a stunning grandma and she goes to work every day, man. She's working. So like, I just feel like I'll always be working, thus always be making money. So retirement is not always in the forefront of my mind, but I'm trying to be smarter for my future. So I'm starting to dabble in the idea of yes, investing. So I'll keep you guys posted with how that's going for me because I'm not going to front and act like I'm all of a sudden some massive bank savvy money savvy gal because I am just not it is a work in progress you guys can come along on the journey I will keep you very much posted and I will parlay that with the last question which I think we're running out of time so I will I will end it here someone did ask me they're like um do you have a comfortable number that you like you you don't like when your bank account gets below it and I thought that was an interesting way to word that because I'm like that is exactly what I do I'm like how funny there's like a number in my head that I'm like oh I like freak out if I see my bank my like savings or my bank whatever go below that I'm like oh not good let me tell you New York City apartment yeah that had the number below it multiple times I remember one time I called Taylor I, I said hey she goes hey what's up I go are you around anyone? She was like, um, no, why? Are you, do you? And I said, am I on speakerphone? She was like, no, I'm by myself. And I was like, I'm freaking the fuck out. And she was like, why? And I was like, everyone's right. Like everyone's right. I spent too much money. I, this apartment was too expensive. This is so stupid. I'm freaking the fuck out. Was I like, did I have no money left? No, but it was like what this person said is it like struck a nerve in me. Cause I'm like, yes, that number. And I, and I said it, I was like, I am never below this and I'm below this. She's like, relax, relax. And I'm like, I can't relax. I'm fucking stupid. I'm such a fucking idiot. She's like, you just need to take a breath. And she's like, what do we know about you? And I was like, I learned things the hard way. She's like, you learn things the hard way. So this was a nice reality check. And I, I've told you guys before, like New York, not a smart move. The, the, the apartment wasn't there enough to justify it. We don't have to go back into that because we did it in the other episode. But yeah, that is totally something that I misses. Like, I don't care about money, whatever. No, like I definitely have like moments where I'm like, hey, this is fucking dumb. That's stupid. So I'm trying to be less stupid. Um, this was my roundup of being an influencer 101. I, uh, if you guys have any more questions, maybe there could be a part two. I don't know. But again, if anything that I said offends anyone that is influencing or not influencing, I do apologize. That's a pretty regular thing for me. Um, all influencers are not the same. So anything that I answered could be completely fucking different for someone else. But those were my answers and my thoughts. I, I'm sweating so much. I can physically feel the sweat dripping in out of the sweater into these leather pants. I've got to go. I love you guys so much. Mwah. Influencer forever, baby.